0: The following podcast is brought to you by the Creative Arts Curriculum Team from Secondary Learners Educational Standards Directorate of the New South Wales Department of Education. As we commence this podcast today, let us acknowledge the traditional custodians of all the lands on which this podcast will be played around New South Wales. Their art, storytelling, music and dance, along with all First Nations people, hold the memories, the traditions, the culture and hopes of Aboriginal Australia. Let us acknowledge with honour and respect our Elders, past, present and future, especially those Aboriginal people in our presence today who have and still do guide us with their wisdom. Welcome to the Creative Cast podcast series. My name's Jackie King, and I'm a Creative Arts Project Officer with the New South Wales Department of Education. Today, we're going to discuss the strategy of the week with Alex Manton from Asquith Girls High School. Hi, Alex. How are you going today? Hi, Jackie. I'm well, thanks. Thank you for joining us today for our strategy of the week. You submitted a great video on our flip about visual learning strategies in music, in your music classroom. And the thing I loved most about your video is it finished with eating Smarties at the end, <laughs> which has got to win every kid, right? <laughs>
1: That's right. Yeah, it, it's, a, it's a bit of fun, that
0: one. Yeah. <laughs> Before we get into talking about your visual learning strategies, just in case anyone hasn't listened to our music subject chat that we did a few weeks ago, I hope that you might be able to give us a little bit of a background information on Asquith Girls High School.
1: Yeah, sure. Asquith Girls High School is obviously an all-girls high school up near Hornsby. And we have approximately 800 students there from sort of middle-class background mainly. They're beautiful girls. It's a great school to work at. The students really do want to learn on the most part, which is fantastic. The types of students that we have there range from students that have had a lot of formal music training and some that have had none. So it's very diverse in terms of their ability and knowledge in relation to music.
0: Fantastic. So the visual learning strategies that you talked about was mostly targeted at stage five, I think, in the in the video that you made for us on our Flipgrid. But can you tell us about what the visual learning strategies are that you have used with your students at Asquiz?
1: Yeah, sure. There's look, there's so many visual learning strategies that you can implement in the classroom, whether it be in a music classroom or any classroom and a bit of a google suggests that 65% of people are visual learners and i think that's really important information to take back to the classroom it is part of the what's called the vark model so vark stands for visual auditory reading and kinesthetic which are sort of the four main types of of learning and I think that often we teach or can teach with an emphasis on reading or more oral, you know, auditory kind of learning where we're talking to them all the time. And sometimes we can neglect the visual kind of learners in our classroom. So one way, I guess, from a general teaching point of view, and maybe some people might feel differently about this, but I think that PowerPoints are actually really important. And I don't mean just putting information up on the board, but implementing graphics or pictures or memes or something to engage the kids with as you're talking through the material they're they're more likely to remember it in that way i know that i really appreciate a PowerPoint, if I'm listening to a lecture, it just kind of helps my brain kind of consolidate the
0: information. So it's really important to use visuals to engage those students who who find it difficult just to listen to being talked to or, or reading it. A lot of our students find it difficult to read. And obviously, in music, it's important to have visuals up too, or visuals of the notation or visuals of yeah. a keyboard or an instrument and how to where to put your fingers and all of that sort of thing so obviously it's really important in music how did you use visuals in music in particular
1: sure um well <laughs> i have a whole list of things actually obviously you saw my smarties sort of idea with essentially using smarties as, as counters the diagram in helping to build chords but the other way that i I like to do it is using um, your hand to be like a a prompt, I guess, for students. So, for example, what I mean is if if you're teaching them about a scale or you're singing up a scale in class, that you're going to use your hand in like a solfege kind of way, I guess, to to show that the pitch is going up or down and then getting the kids to do that as well. Now, that's kinesthetic as well as visual, but it, it kind of prompts them to know, well, okay, the pitch is going in this direction, so I need to sing it this way. And I guess that's where conducting stems from in many ways as well, in that we sort of embody the music as we conduct and the whole the imagery associated with conducting is telling the story and getting the students to play in a certain way. So yeah, using our hands to show students a musical concepts is another way that I use, you know, visual sort of strategies. I also have a really fun game called Tone Color Bingo, which is where they the kids, this is sort of for you, oh seven, eight and nine, where I give them. I've made like a tone color bingo where they've got to identify instruments by hearing, but then they've got to use counters and there's the visual of the instruments on the page as well. And that's a fantastic way to teach tone color and really engaging. And they always want to play it. <laughs> um, I love that. Yeah, no, it's a good one. And um, I mean, obviously you mentioned learning like fingering on guitar or keyboard to to have a diagram, but even putting stickers. You know, for kids that are really having trouble putting stickers on the fretboard so they know where to put their fingers that might be colour-coded according to chords. You know what? I use this from stages four right up to HSC, is using texture graphs to describe texture. So you might ask the kids to analyse the texture of the first eight bars of that music and so they'll put the instruments down the side and draw up like a table and have to colour in where they hear that instrument enter and... I find that to be incredibly effective for those junior years in understanding the concept of texture because they can see how thick and thin it is or if it's using staggered entries. But even Year 12s like to incorporate that
0: into their Music One oral papers. I'm a big fan of the texture graph. And you know what? I think it's really important because to get in those higher bands for the oral exam, you do have to have... um, a visual or, or something, something diagram or notation yep. or something other than words on a page to to explain what you are are doing. So a texture graph is really important, I think, when oh, whenever yeah. they've got to ask, answer a question about texture.
1: Absolutely, and it's just really accessible. Like I, I, I think that every kid gets it and and they find it fun. You know, they like to get the textures out, <laughs> 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 um, and that kind of leads into I guess the whole idea of notation and. and composition and using graphic notation to represent the music that they're making and also even using a similar table model like I guess you could call it a composition grid where you can write ideas in boxes according to each bar for each instrument. I use a lot of composition grids in my class, particularly in in Stage 5 as they're really learning how to consolidate their ideas creating music. So, yeah, composition grids are a fantastic visual learning tool and they can also Implement traditional notation into that as well if they like to. So that's another way. Fantastic. Yeah.
0: Can I bring you back now to the specific example that you gave us in the Flipgrid? And can you talk through how you implemented that in your classroom at Asquith Girls High School? Sure. So we had just been learning about pitch in general. So we were doing a lot of sort of
1: theory based content in terms of learning about major and minor scales, learning about key signatures, and then learning about intervals. So I used that technique to teach scales and intervals. Um, mainly so if i was teaching them about scales and i said i want you to make a d major scale they then have to identify well watch sharps or flats are in that d major scale and line up their smarties or skittle on the
0: notes on, of that scale so sure so um, you give them like a a printout of a keyboard is yeah. that right a yeah. printout of a keyboard and then they have to put their smarties where where the notes where are. And then we'll sing that together. And often
1: I'll use my hand as the visual to show the scale going up and down. And I'll get them to do that as well with me. The same with the intervals. I'll say, okay, everyone make perfect fourth starting on D and then they have to make that perfect fourth so it's it's visual with kinesthetic with the singing and the listening and it's all sort of combined and some of that content can be quite heavy for some students and it's just a way to lighten it and try to make it fun and engaging and particularly with those lower level kids it it did it, it did engage them into what could be
0: considered boring Yeah, that's fantastic, and obviously (laughs) they know that they're going to get those smarties at the end because they've touched them. So
1: (laughs) it's a culinary tool as well. They can't eat the smarties if they're naughty.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Love it. So you were about to touch on with your students. How did your students engage with using the the visual tool, the the printout of a keyboard or whatever, and, and then putting the smarties on them. What was the outcome for your students for you, for doing that? Um, I think it it really
1: helped them to store that information into their their long term memory. In that they're doing, they're making that scale, and they can visually see it on that keyboard, so they can then play that scale on the keyboard. So it's definitely helped with their with their memory. I also think that it ultimately visual tools in general and that one, it's, it's a faster form of communication and embedding that knowledge rather than doing worksheet after worksheet or yeah that, that kind of thing as well like it, it it kind of just goes deeper because they have to really think about the patterns of those scales so and again it's that engagement it promotes engagement and motivation and, and interest um, and I, I definitely saw that in the classroom when I was doing that this this year. So.
0: That is awesome and anything that's going to motivate them to understand that deeper music theory about how a scale goes together or how a chord is built up etc not just knowing the notes but but knowing the how is really fantastic and finding another way into that rather than just using oral skills or or worksheets finding another way around that is fantastic Is there any other sort of suggestions that you wanted to talk about today for your visual learning strategies that you wanted to share with teachers? I think that generally one thing that I'm in habit of doing is as
1: soon as I walk into the classroom, I write up on the board what um what we're going to be doing that lesson just in dot point and they might have catchy names or and it acts as like a visual organizational tool for myself and the students but the students really like predictability and they like to see where the next thing's going and so having it visually on the board is is really helpful and i guess the only other thing is i know that you know we like to color code things right when we're teaching reading skills in english you know we talk about get your highlight lighters out and highlight the most important aspects and I like to take that one step further with stage six in that I use a who, what, where, why model when doing oral skills, which is similar to the peel model that that English might use. But once they've done their writing, I get them to get four highlighters and they have to highlight the parts of the text that are the what, another colour for the why, another colour for the where. And they can visually see then that they've integrated all of those things into their writing or not and I found that particularly this year to be incredibly powerful all the kids would swap their own sort of text what they've written with each other and they'd do it to their peers and they got so much out of that activity and they could see where they were going to lose marks in the marking process just from that visual representation through colour so highlighting but in a different way is
0: super helpful. Such a simple idea, but obviously very effective because they can see immediately what they haven't covered. Included, yeah, yeah. Beautiful.
1: really believe in that tool, yeah.
0: I love some of those ideas that you've shared with us today. I particularly enjoy the Smarties idea because <laughs> who doesn't love to have Smarties at the end of the lesson? You must go through a lot of Smarties though. Yeah. And then um, I
1: get the individual wrapped ones, you know, you can get them in the little boxes so it's all COVID safe. Oh, <laughs> so fantastic. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Thanks so much for sharing those ideas on visual learning today, Alex. No there's so much more that you've shared than just what was in your Flipgrid video, which I thought was amazing as well. I think it's a, a really great way to engage learners in some of that heavier stuff that they probably don't really enjoy. Uh, mm-hmm. So finding a way to make them enjoy that and motivated, whether that be through their stomachs, or or being able <laughs> to see something visually, um, I think is really fantastic. So, thank you for sharing the strategy of the week this week.
1: No problems. Thanks, Jackie.
0: Get involved in the conversation by recording your favorite teaching strategy using the Strategy of the Week FlipGrid in the Creative Arts Statewide Staff Room. You can follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Creative Arts Curriculum 7 to 12 or contact us via email Arts 7 12 at det.nsw.edu.au The music for this podcast was composed by Alex Manton and audio production by Jason King.